You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, thank you for being a part of our life together. Man, I hope that the Lord has got you on mission today. And I pray that wherever you are, as you're getting ready to launch your day or as you're wrapping up your day, that you've loved Him well and that you're ready to continue to love Him well. So I want to pick up where I left off yesterday with my brother, Anthony McCollum, good friend for me uh, who has mentored me, taught me so much about the, the gospel and about the love of Christ. Um, Anthony is a pastor of Pine Grove Baptist Church down the street from us. He's been a, they've been a sister church, been very good to us. And I just want to, Anthony, thank you for coming back, for being part of this dialogue. Great to be here with you again, my brother. Um, Anthony, let's, let's just read together Galatians chapter 6. And so um, we're talking a little bit about racism today. And, and if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know me and you don't know Anthony and you just got nervous when I said racism, relax a little bit, <laughs> slow down. Uh, Anthony and I love each other very well. Amen. And we want to invite you guys into that um, because I believe that the whole church can grow, that we can just keep getting better as Amen. we learn to love each other Amen. better. And I hope that we can lean on the relationship that God's given to me and to Anthony to help some of that happen today. Amen. So, Anthony, Galatians 6, um, verse 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Wow. And so one of the things that, you know, Paul's teaching the church in Galatia is that you know, this, this church has got to learn to support each other. And uh, most of these churches that Paul started, they're, they're Jews and Gentiles. Now, there's lots of different classes and groups, but they're at least Jews and Gentiles. And one of the things he's constantly having to work on, you can even see it in Galatians chapter 2, is the effort to try to make the church love one another. Sure. You know, people who are different, right? Sure. Well, I'm reading that passage today, and, of course, the you know, the world is upset right now because of George Floyd's death. Sure. And, um that being the case, man, I just want to talk to you in this conversation on racism to say, I want to help you bear your, bro- your burdens, brother, mm-hmm. um, as I'm sure you want to help bear mine. But in this conversation, I just want to kind of confess to you that, um, Anthony, I say this as a joke, brother, I've been white my whole life. <laughs> you kidding. Uh, that being the case, you know, when I watch news or when I hear uh, speeches or statements, sure. uh, when I watch, you know, footage from the civil rights movements, you know, there's some things that I can understand and there's some things I just can't quite understand. And, you know, and I find, I find sometimes that this is foreign to me mm-hmm. and I realize that I can't bear your burden very well if I don't know them. And I'm asking a lot of you today, but just, you know, for the sake of my brothers and sisters, um, you know, our, our church congregation, the complexity these days, mostly white congregation, mm-hmm. we love our brother, man. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I want to love my, my black brothers. Well, Amen. And I'm asking you, would you help me understand the burdens I don't understand? Would you tell me some of the burdens that you bear? Sure, sure. I, I, that's, a, that's a great question. Before we get to that, I want to read, uh, you read uh, verse 2, but I want to read verse 1 to 3, if I can. Uh, look at you being yeah, trumping no, the preacher. No, no, I'm not trumping the preacher. I just want to, I want to hit on your, your question Go for it, in the right manner. Well, says, and I'll, I'll submit to you, most of the people listening, they don't know how much older you are <laughs> yeah. than I am, so I'll let well, you have that. Let's not mention it. And by the way, for the audience listening, I want to let you guys know, I have been black all my life, Ben, in case you didn't know, all my life, all 54 years, I have been black, I promise you, from head to toe. Uh, But verse 1 says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one, and the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Okay, that's very key. And then he says, verse 2, which you read, bear you one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the law of Christ. And then verse 3 says, for if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, 
he deceiveth himself. Wow. That's serious stuff. That is serious stuff. So when you ask me the question, share with you some of the burdens of the black American uh, mindset. Uh, I've been black for 54 years. I was born black in Los Angeles, California, and we brought our black selves to Mississippi in 1972. Uh, I was about six years old. Uh, I went from paved soft, soft paved sidewalks to red dirt roads in Mississippi. I went from having Hispanic neighbors to seeing the Klan at the corner of Central and Main Street in their hoods. Culture shock. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so when you talk about burdens, uh, I said to you earlier, Ben, that I am yet still uh, a black man in America versus a black American. Now, I feel like I'm a black American. I, I live as if I'm a black American. I'm very proud to be an American, very proud to be a pedalite, uh, to have done all of my schooling uh, here from sunrise to right on through high school to college, to have done all of my schooling here and to have learned, I say, the language of the Englishman uh, well. Uh, I have still had to walk in the burden of being a black man. When I was a kid, Ben, uh, just playing uh, at the Optimus Ballpark, I think I've told you that story. You told it at church, yeah. yeah. I, I, could not, uh, I could not play at the Optimus Ballpark, and I didn't realize I couldn't play because I wasn't good enough because I was actually better than everybody out there that day. Me and another kid by the name of Sankam Burkett, who was from Thailand, he was my best friend back in the day, uh, he drowned in the, in the floods. We didn't, we, did, we didn't make the team because we were black, and that's the truth. I have since then talked to some of those men who literally uh, made those decisions back then, and some of those men has apologized that back in those days they weren't allowing uh, people like me to play at the uh, So this was the 1970s? This is in the 70s. Okay. No, you, you really, at this particular point in time, my dad died in 1977. So you're really talking about 77, 78. So 70s and 80s. Yeah, 70s, early part of the 80s. I'm a graduate of 1984, so I was trying out for the Optimus Ballpark in the, in the, in the late 70s. Late, late 70s. Uh, and uh, I carried that burden uh, of being black but yet not being able to play. Uh, I grew up in an era where literally it was okay for people to say the N-word. Right. Uh, it was common. If you heard it, you just kind of ignore it and go your way. Or if you're at school and you heard it by some of your peers, you get into fights, you know. I was blessed to be able to uh, walk in a statue if I was pretty smart. You probably would doubt that, but I was, I was, uh, I was okay in the books, and so I was one of the quote unquote blacks that people liked. Right. So that that grants privilege. Educated, successful, athletic. educated, successful, athletic, musical. good, good looking, musical, all of those things that I'll let Tanya decide. You, you, yeah, but. you would want from the average black guy as your friend. Yeah, I had all of those qualities. Okay. Ben, that alone carries a whole other burden because now I get looked down in my own community where I'm praised in one community, I'm looked down now in my communities because now I don't talk like them, now I talk like the white guy. That's a burden. Yeah. Later on, Ben, when I got called into ministry, I started going to the prisons in Leakesville. Uh, in Leakesville, there is, uh, you know, 
3,200 inmates down there now, uh, and uh, ever since I've been going for the past 30 years, the numbers have always been 70 to 80 percent of the population there look just like me. Uh, that's a burden that, that I've, I've, I've carried, uh, Ben, because I know that all with young African-American males are not the only ones doing crime. crimes. Yeah. When I got involved in the court system the past six or seven years, I only got involved not because I just wanted a job, but I got involved to see, if, let me see if I can start educating some people. I realized then how the justice system was completely designed to be against people of color like myself. And so I began to realize, oh, these kids are getting railroaded to be there. When I saw two young men in our community go to prison just recently, for a fight they got into with a drug dealer, and then two months after they got to the fight with that drug dealer, that drug dealer then went, went to prison, and those two kids in my community who had just graduated from high school, or was graduating from high school, and one of them could not walk that particular night, neither one of them was able to walk that night because they got into the fight, they ended up getting 10 years in prison for a fight and a drug deal gone bad. They got railroaded and took a plea deal and now they're serving time in prison, and they should have never been in prison for their crime. Uh, I, honestly, it was just a bad fight. No one died. No one got hurt. It was a bad fight between three kids that were smoking weed together. I'm not condoning the fight. I'm just telling you the sure. system was set up to put them in prison, and so they are. That's a burden that I carry every day. Well, my son Michael called me one day when he got stopped by Highway Patrol, and it was right after some of the murders were going on against young African-American males. And Michael says, Dad, there's a policeman behind me. I said, Michael, don't worry. I'm sure you were probably speeding. But, Dad, I'm scared. Michael, you're fine. You got an insurance card inside of your glove compartment. Uh, the truck is registered to your dad. Your license are good. Uh, you were probably just speeding. But, Dad, I'm scared. That's a burden I have to carry every day. I, being unlike you with your boys, have had to have the conversation with my boys and say, hey, look, guys, when a cop come upon you, there's a certain way you got to act. Don't twitch, don't move, don't make any gestures, because he might think and he might be trigger happy and he might pop you. That's a burden that most African-American males have to carry in this particular place that we call America. Uh, not being good enough. You know, not being, uh, I was denied, Ben, some promotions on one particular job I had coming right out of college because I was a black man, okay? I was better than all of the other, literally. The other two people who got promoted before me were people that I had trained, uh, but I turned and sued the company that, that had discriminated against me. I settled with them out of court. Many people don't, don't know that, but I guess I could say that now. Uh, many people who know that I worked with Pizza Hut for many, many years, I ended up having to sue Pizza Hut for racial discrimination. Wow. Uh, uh, and that was uh, 1996, Ben. 1996, I had to end up suing Pizza Hut when I walked away from them after many years of work for racial discrimination. Because you couldn't get promoted. I mean, they wouldn't They wouldn't, they promote, wouldn't promote me because I was a black guy. Passing yeah. yeah. Three young men, uh, all white, male, yeah. uh, two of which I had trained personally, uh, and the other was a compulsive gambler that they later ended up firing after he stole about $15,000 of their money, uh, were all promoted before me. Uh, the, the difference, and the big difference between that job of getting promoted and the job I had was a, a good twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 difference with yeah. the company car. 
That was huge. Those are burdens that I've had to carry, and I know I've talked too much, but those are burdens been that the, the average African-American carries every day, uh, walking in stores and just getting looked at because you're black walking in a store. Uh, and sometimes I go in stores just to see if people are going to look at me. I'll be honest, I used to do that quite often. Uh, I'd walk in with a pocket full of money, could buy whatever I wanted to buy, but just to see what the reaction would be. Uh, that's still a fact here in the day that we live in, Ben. So, Anthony, um, I'm just, I mean, from my perspective, right, um, when, I, when I have heard the kinds of things you're saying, you know, I'm just going to confess here, okay? Most of my life, you know, my knee-jerk reaction, you know, would be, you know, the courts are, the, the, the jails are filled with young black men because that's who committed the crimes. Anthony, I'm learning different. I understand. Yes, sir. I, I understand that, that there are things I haven't learned that I haven't seen. Um, you talk about your kids being pulled over by the police, and, and I would have responded, no, 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 man, listen, I, I get pulled over by the police, too. I, I'm telling you that this is how... This is how I once thought, right? Sure, sure. Uh, and let, while we're talking about the police, let me just be clear. Man, I, I support the guys in blue, and I know that you do too. I, I love Absolutely. our police officers, and I'm quick to say Absolutely. that out loud. Absolutely. There's some there's some bad guys out there that have given a lot of great men awful reputations and Absolutely. great women awful reputations. And I, and I grieve that. I grieve the parts of the system that allow it. But I just want to say out loud, man, that being the case, um, I would have heard the things you said, and I would have been really inclined, from my point of view, to, to find a way to dismiss them or to say, um, and I'm just asking our church as we listen to this today to, to just stop and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just listen. Just listen and let just it soak listen. in. Yeah. Um, Matt really was scared. You know, and, um, and you've really been stared at. You truly have been passed over for promotions. You, uh, you've dealt with glances that I haven't. Uh, I've got friends, um, white friends, you know, who in foster care have adopted uh, black children in their household, and they'll tell the story about how they didn't, they weren't aware until they started watching the looks their kids got as they got older. Absolutely. I, I guess what I'm saying is, Anthony, you know, a lot of my friends who are listening to the podcast today are exactly where I've been most of my life. Yeah. You know, they would hear you and say, I don't understand, or maybe you're overdoing this, or maybe you're a little bit, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you're a little bit overly sensitive about these things. And I'm asking us not to do that. I'm yeah. asking us to listen and say, Anthony, thank you for sharing that. I want to understand the burden that you bear, and, and I want to do a better job helping you bear it. And here's my heart, Ben, because some of those things, there's nothing you can do other than love me enough to say, brother, that was probably real, and let's pray for the hearts of men to really change. Because you and I have said, nothing changes until the heart of mankind begins to change. Yeah. Andy, thank you for being pretty vulnerable on this podcast, sure. and uh, I appreciate you walking down this road. Listen, I want us to do this some more again soon. I just think there's a lot, of, a lot more questions I want to ask you, sure. a lot more things I want to talk to you about, and sure. uh, I love you, my friend. Love you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you.